Welcome to Resurrection Church Podcast. We are honored you are here. Without any further delay, here's the word. Read it out of the One New Man Bible. So if you don't use a One New Man Bible, it's going to read somewhat different than what I'm going to read from. But I know everybody has been reading from the book of Ezekiel this week. In chapter 21, I will be bringing the text from the One New Man Bible. We'll read verses 1 through 4. And today, we're going to talk about controlled burns. We've got a video I want you to watch. Fire has always been a part of the environment. Under the right conditions, fire can even provide important benefits to the health of a forest or grassland. However, in recent years, wildfire seasons have grown longer and more destructive. The Forest Service and other land management agencies are working together with local communities to reduce the threat of wildfires and help communities become more prepared and resilient. Prescribed burning is one of the most important tools land managers have to do this. A prescribed burn is a planned, low-intensity fire conducted by trained professionals who control the conditions of the burn. Prescribed burns are shorter in duration and conducted under weather conditions that minimize the impacts of smoke to the public. Today, many natural areas are overgrown and dense with thin trees, too much brush, and too many dry leaves, twigs, and needles. When fire occurs in these areas, either from lightning or human activity, it can spread quickly and threaten nearby communities. Conducting prescribed burns in areas like these at the right time and under the right conditions not only improves forest health, but reduces the threat of future wildfires and also gives fire firefighters safer places to work if fire does occur. During a prescribed burn, avoid the area to keep yourself and the firefighters safe. Smoke from prescribed burns is often minimal to moderate, but if you're sensitive to smoke, lessen the amount of time. This is my supposition to you today. I think the church is full of firefighters who run around trying to control wildfires. Wildfires. What do you mean by that? They say it's, it doesn't take all that. They say you need to calm it down. You don't need to get out of control. Do you, have you ever met someone like, now you, I know that's no one like this in this church, but maybe in your prior church experiences, do you know some people who lived in the atmosphere of controlling wildfires? It's called controlled burns. <laughs> I want to read from chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. If you're with me in the One New Man Bible, Hopefully they'll have it on the screen. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face towards the south and preach towards the south and prophesy against the forest of Negev. 
of the, of the Negev field and say to the forest of the south, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says Adonai, the Lord, Behold, I shall kindle a fire in you, and it will devour every green leaf in you and every, excuse me, not green leaf, every green tree in you and every dry tree. Let me read that again. And I shall kindle a fire in you, and it will devour every green tree in you and every dry tree. The intense flame will not be quenched, and all the faces from the south to the north will be burned by it. And all flesh will see that I am, ah, Adonai, Lord God, has kindled it, and it will not be quenched. This is Ezekiel prophesying to a fallen Israel, to a fallen Jerusalem, who wants to serve the Lord with passion and zeal. But over a period of time, they fell into becoming controlled burners and trying to wipe out, not purposely, but wiping out the fire of God by their activities and their behavior. And we see in this chapter and the following chapters after this, we see that, that God really comes down on them. And so we're going to talk about that because, you see, controlled burns, I mean, their purpose of a controlled burn, you know, there have been a lot of activity about this recently. Remember in, uh, recently in, in Australia, there have been huge wildfires all over the continent we see this in California a lot. I think God's saying something there. But anyway, you see a lot of wildfires in California, even this time of the year. And the, the, this is what makes a wildfire a wildfire. No rain, Spirit of God. Lots of wind, Spirit of God. And just a flicker of a flame can turn something into a wildfire. But what the forestry division does, they've created a system where they can help control the wildfires by setting other little fires that burns out the underneath growth so that the big fire can be contained. And I see in the church many times people who run around setting little fires trying to control the wildfire that God wants in the church. So for us, we've got to take the brakes off of our own ideologies, our own concepts of what it takes to follow God because some of you, like myself, have... Not that people just tell you to your face, but they, they sort of say it around you to let you know that, you know, you need to chill out. You're a little bit too radical. You don't need to talk about Jesus all like that. Now, they can do it in many different ways. What are they doing? They are controlled burners. They're trying to control your fire. So we see that Jerusalem and Israel is a type of the body of Christ. Now listen, you know, we can't change other churches. Uh, we can't change other people. We can't change anything. In fact, we can only change ourselves with God's help. But, it, but, but we can change. So when we allow the Holy Spirit 
unlimited options in our lives, we can have that wildfire, that fire of God in our lives. See, God will not accept us on our terms. See, if we want the fire, we've got to come to God with no strings attached. And this is where so many people, people say, well, you know, I'd go to that resurrection church, but you, you know what they do there? They believe you can speak in tongues. You know, they believe that God actually does miracles. And they believe that signs and wonders take place. They, they're totally radical, so I don't, want, I don't want, that's too much of God. See, the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. In Hebrews 12, 29, it says, for our God is a consuming fire. So I want to talk to you just for a few minutes as we get into this. I want to talk about the side of God that no one wants to talk about. Because people forget about the God of the Old Testament and try to hide from him in the New Testament. I don't believe his character has changed. I don't believe his stance on things has changed. But people will run and cover and run and hide under the word called grace of the New Testament to avoid the God of fire of the Old Testament. And do it's something well, Jonathan's with me today. Thank you, Jonathan. And in, in Deuteronomy 4.24 says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Now, if he, the Bible says that, that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. So if he was the, the consuming fire and jealous God of the Old Testament, he's still the consuming fire and the jealous God of the New Testament. In Isaiah 33, 14, this ought to shake every church person up. Sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. Who, uh, who among us can live with a consuming fire? Who among us can live with a continual burning? God hasn't changed. The church has. We've got to eliminate controlled burns that, that are really just there to eliminate what God wants to do with a wildfire. You know, I've said this for many times. I would rather try to harness a thoroughbred stallion than raise a dead donkey. In other words, we can deal with a racehorse in the kingdom of God. We can deal with fire in the kingdom of God. You see, people say, well, you know, you don't want to do anything that's out of order. So they shut everything down so there's nothing. I would rather correct things that may be out of order than not have to deal with it at all. Anybody with me today? Anybody in here a fire chaser today? It says in Hebrews 10, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 10, verse 26 and 27, if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins 
but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. God says, Christian, if you keep practicing your sin, the fire of you now you will become an adversary to God and that the fury of his fire will get you. That's in the New Testament. Oh, grace, grace, wonderful grace. Remember that? It didn't sound like, it sounded better when I was a kid. My friends, this, you can't hide from God. He sees everything at all times. I believe he wants to correct his church. And of course, we're not talking about this church, but in church in general, all of us. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Psalms 97, 3, fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. And so when we, when we fall into sin, we become at that point an adversary. He doesn't call us an enemy, he calls us an adversary of God. That's someone who's opposed to God. And I want you to know, the only thing that's going to correct that is not some controlled burn. Well, Lord, I'll give you this little thing. Lord, you can have this. He doesn't come on our terms. You come. You, we have to come to him with no strings attached. Say, God, here I am standing in the need of prayer. If we want the fire of God, we've got to let him consume us and everything in our lives that doesn't please him. Now, I don't know about you unless you just happen to be that one perfect Christian. I, don't, I, I believe that every one of us has something in here that we know isn't exactly what God would approve of. And so we'll let him, we'll throw out a little, we'll do a controlled burn. Lord, you can have this over here, but let me keep this over here. Now, now we don't tell him that verbally, but we think it all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, what I noticed in this text when I read it in Ezekiel 21, it's an amazing thing. It says in here in verse 3, he says, it says, I shall kindle a fire. In other words, God is the fire starter. He starts it all. He wants fire in our lives. He initiates these, this thing called fire. But let's look a little bit deeper and into what it says here because, see, we need to understand or we should hopefully understand the purpose of fire. Anybody with me today? Y'all are so quiet. I was, I was ready for a shouting match. It says in here, and I will kindle a fire in one new man Bible, and it will devour every green tree in you and every dry tree. He's speaking of Israel, the whole nation, but he's also in typology speaking to the church. And also in typology, he's speaking to every individual. I, I, you know, have you ever noticed that a, even a good, healthy oak tree will, even though it is healthy and green and plush, it still has dead limbs. And sometimes to make the tree stay healthy, you've got to cut the dead limbs off. 
because it's, it's taking up the energy, the sap of the tree itself. So God says, and here he says, the purpose of this fire is to, first of all, I'm going to take care of the green tree. Oh, we don't want to hear about that. Let, let me, can I bring it into New Testament understanding? John 15, 1 and 2 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So you see what God was telling the Israelites? He said, I'm going I'm to deal, first of all, he put it in order. He said, I'm going to deal with the green tree first. Have you ever had times where you felt like somebody got by, with some, got by with something with God and you just can't get by with anything? It's because you're a green tree, but he wants to deal with the green tree first. I would not want to be the second-hand person. So he says, he says, if it, if it, he says, if it doesn't bear fruit, he says, I'm going to take it away. And every branch that be, every every branch that bears fruit, it says he prunes it. That's what the fire of God does. It prunes our good tree. It prunes our good things. Have you ever had some good things that you thought were really good, and God pruned it out of your life? And we ask God, why'd you do that? He said, because I want you to bear more fruit. So he's got to deal with us as a green tree. At, at green tree, ask two people around you say, are you a green tree or a dry tree? Now, don't, don't, you don't need to answer them, but just ask them the question to get them to think a little bit. Just get them to think a little bit. Are you a green, are you a green tree or a dry tree? You know, if they're over there, you're like, See, I'm gonna take. Let me deal. Let me deal with. Let me deal with the men. This is an issue for men in worship. Because they'll let the the ladies shout and hoot and holler and dance and scream and pray in tongues and do all that great stuff, but here, old Mister Stoic man, isn't about to raise a hand. Certainly not gonna run around the sanctuary. He'd only shout if something hurt. And they sit there like a knot on a log. Gets a knot on a log. Dry tree. With their arms crossed thinking it doesn't take all that. Come on, fellas. You need to break out of your old manliness. And tear, just, just get out there. Listen, I want to tell you something. Women are going to worship regardless but you get a couple of men in the church worshiping i want to tell you what if we can get the men in this church worshiping i mean not just sitting here just as i am without a plea <gasps> if we'll get out of that and be a, like you don't have to be rich but be like richie be like some of the others who are who are activated in their worship fellas if if the, the roof would come off this place if a couple of men would just take the lead and really worship. Am I telling, is that true, Richie? Am I telling the truth? It certainly would happen. Because women will, women love to follow man if he's going in the right direction. 
So we need some, we need some green tree pruning. But it also says in there that there's a dry tree in addition to the green tree. Now in Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12 in the New Living Translation, it says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child whom he delights. So, my friends, if you've got some dead limbs on your green tree, let him burn them off. If, you've got, if your tree is down to a knot on a log, then let God in there. He can even restore a dead tree. But it will come with correction. Now think about, you know, I have a couple of uh, dogwood trees in my yard. And, and, and they're, very, they're very sensitive to pruning. You just can't whack limbs off of dogwood trees. They don't do good. But I have, but I have to do it. So I'm gentle with my dogwood trees. And so from season to season, I'll, I'll trim just what is absolutely necessary. Am I... However, I have some crepe myrtle trees. And those rascals, if you don't keep them contained, they go all over the place. And my neighbors fuss at me because in the wintertime, not every year, but in the wintertime, what a crepe myrtle tree will do, it grows up with prongs of limbs. And they'll, you know, depending on what kind of myrtle it is, is how high. When it gets to a certain point, then it has a, a, a blossom center where all the shoots of the new season come out with new limbs, and that's where all the, all the beautiful uh, flowers are on the crepe myrtle tree. Well, some years I'll cut above the blossom knot, as I call it. I don't, they've got a name for it. I don't know what it is. So I'll cut the limbs off above it. And it'll, it'll do real good. But sometimes they just get too big and out of place. Then I'll take my chainsaw and I'll cut, cut underneath that blossom knot and whack those babies back and they're able to scream, you're going to kill it, you're going to kill them, you're going to kill them. They're going to die on you. And then the next year they come back prettier than ever. And the most important part for me, is I'm able to manage them because they don't get too big. Are you with me? See, this is the, this is the process that God used in his firing process for us. What's, he, he is gentle to us. He takes care of us. He understands if you're a, if you're a, 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 a crepe myrtle type of tree or if you're a dogwood tree, he knows how to trim the tree. In fact, Jesus said he is the vine dresser. Anybody with me? Uh, uh, <laughs> Maria, am I messing up your... Uh, no, no, they, she's... A, <laughs> she, Absolutely. I understand. I totally understand. I've got, I've got a butterfly bush today that's so big it's split in two, and then part of it's fallen over. You know what I'll do? It's still in the ground. I'll, I'll whack it down all the way. It'll grow back again. 
So everything, see, God knows us individually. He knows how to take care of us. The point behind all this is that, yes, there are dry trees and, yes, there are green trees in the kingdom of God. Now, Israel was part of the dry tree process at this time. They were doing all kinds of wacky, crazy things, and not that any of us would do this, but later on in chapter 21, in verses 37, 36 and 37, he says this, And I shall pour out my indignation upon you. I will blow against you. In the fire of my wrath. Now that's important. Remember what were the three things consistent with each wildfire? Dry conditions, wind, and a spark. That's all you need. So God says, so what is he saying? It's, it's, it's like uh, uh, the old fellows, the, the, the blacksmith. When they would have a fire, you know, they, if they wanted to treat the metal, they would blow, do what? They would blow on the fire because when you blow on the fire, it makes it hotter. God says, I'm going to stoke this baby up. And he says, I'll blow against you in the fire of my wrath and deliver you in the hand of brutish men skillful to destroy, and you will be fuel to the fire. Do you think maybe he could be talking to us? So, why does God talk about this in the Old Testament? And when we and why do we talk about wildfire? Why am I talking about wildfire today? Well, it gave you a hint in that video. See, after the fire. The hidden seed, the dead seed, germinates. And then it sprouts and replenishes the forest. See, when God burns something out of our life, it's so that the seed that he's already planted in us can come to life. So the fire is for the cleansing of sin. And in general, like with Israel, they're loose living. Everyone say loose living. You know, there may be people in here today, you're saved and going to heaven, but you might be living loosely. What does that mean? Well, I just you can imagine what loosely might be, whatever it might be to you. He goes on in chapter 22 and he talks about that. And he said, her priests have violated my Torah. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference. Now get this. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they taught the difference between the clean and the unclean. And have hidden their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. So notice what he's talking about here in their loose living. In other words, they were calling, they were calling evil good and good evil. They were not differentiating between holy and profane. You know, I question this by just, just think about what's on TV, what's on Netflix, or Hulu, or whatever, or even going to the, to the movies. I'm not saying you don't go to movies. I'm just saying when you go and support that movie over there that is profane, 
then it is a disregard to God. Somewhere along the line, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to help us discern what is good and holy and what is profane and to avoid the profane. Now, God is not going to beat us over the head with these things, but he will gently remind us from time to time to time. The problem is, is that, well, let's, let's just, let's, I, don't know, I don't watch all the, the movie things like Hulu or Netflix, I don't know, or even the channels that have their own programming now, HBO. We don't, we don't, because you know what? I don't have to see it to know that it's going to be profane. The Holy Spirit will let us know. And so this is the problem that they were having, and I think it's a problem in the church itself. So they don't the differentiate between the holy and the profane. They don't tell people about the difference. In other words, they just keep their mouth shut and they say, well, you do your own thing, I'll do mine. No, you need, if you've got someone, you need to, tell, to talk to them about this. It's your responsibility. If you know that what they're doing is, is inappropriate, you need to deal with it with them in a nice, loving, caring way. But they need to know that someone around them is keeping them accountable. And then he says, you've hidden my eyes, your eyes from my Sabbaths. Well, when I thought about that, I thought about a word for the sporadic attender. As a pastor, that's the most frustrating thing. And people, the, the people will say, well, you know, I have a job or uh, I have to do this or I've got this and I have this. Or, or a big one is family. I got family that I have to tend to. See, that, then they become sporadic attenders. And God says right here that you, are, you have hidden your eyes from my Sabbath. That's what he's, he's, in other words, he's saying, you don't go to church anymore. You're not regular in attendance and worshiping together corporately. It was a big deal in the Old Testament. It's a big deal for the New Testament. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works. Anybody in here need love and good works, good deeds? Absolutely everyone. Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, there is benefits for that. So, my friends, we've got to be careful that we're not disregarding uh, the, the, the Sabbaths that God has set before us. We need to cherish those times. And, you know, sometimes you just simply have to say no. There's a new rule in North Carolina that just came out. And, and I don't know the whole thing because I haven't had time to research it yet. But it reinforces the, the, the concept that if, if someone hires you and you tell them, that, you're, that you have to be off on Sundays, they have to hire you. They, can't, they cannot hire you because you want to be off on Sunday so you can attend church. So this thing about, well, you know, my boss man's making me do it. You, now, that's after you. That's before you get hired. If you're already hired, you're in, you'll just have to deal with that. But, but if you go in and work for someone else and you say, no, my day is Sunday. I don't work on that day. That's my day off. That's my Sabbath rest before the Lord. Then they have to honor that or they, or they, they can't disregard you because that's your belief. And, and if they want, the truth is if you're doing a good job and, you, and they want to hire you, they'll hire you with that, with that condition. But you have to put your foot down and say, no, this is the way it's going to be. 
Now the, now the legislature has strengthened that in the state of North Carolina to make it even stronger. So anyway, having said that, we do not want to be sporadic attenders because it is a, it is a, deflammatory, it's a defamatory thing towards God. God does not like that. I told you I'd get to talk about stuff we don't want to talk about. So the idea, the whole idea of the wildfire, and maybe right now you're in the midst of a wildfire. Maybe or no. Maybe you're in the midst of a controlled burn and God is trying to get you out of that controlled burn and get you into the real fire of God and you're fighting it and you're struggling with it and you don't want to let it go. I can tell you this for sure. If you let him have his way and let the wildfire burn, you'll be better for it. Because even in... Now, other than the devastating things... Now, think about the fires of California. The fires of California, most of them started by lightning. Most. But before there was a population, it didn't matter whether they burned or didn't burn. God had a plan. He's... He, he made the lightning. He sent the storm. He made the wind blow. He ignited the fire. And when he burns a, we call them woods down here, it's forest and other places. He wants it burned down. Because it'll come back better. And God is always the God of better. Now, the process may be painful, but it's, he's always taking us to a better place. So if you've got some areas of control in your life that you've been holding on to, not allowing the fire of God to enter in there, I encourage you, let the fire of God burn because you're going to be better on the other side than when you are on this side. Jesus put it this way in John 12, 24. He said, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So what, what does God want to do with our wildfires? He wants to burn out everything. And yes, he wants it to die because he knows that in the death of that will come new life. A better life, a good life, a godly life, a spiritual life, a non-fire life, a, a life-impacting change will take place. So fire isn't there to destroy us. It's the restart of life. So if you're facing, trying to hide, not hide, but try to avoid the wildfire of God by having your own controlled burns because we'll say, well, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you have this one. But in your mind, it's like, please, don't, don't. Leave that one alone. Please. You don't tell him that, but you're thinking that. And we'll say, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll let you burn this little thing out of my life. But then... You won't let him have the big things over here. Remember, fire isn't there to destroy. Fire is there to restart a life. Christians who want God on their terms are controlled burners. Can I say that again? 
Christians who want God on their terms are controlled burners. My friends, if we're going to go after God and get the fire of God, we've got to let him have it all. Completely and totally. You think about this, how this connects to the New Testament. On the day of Pentecost, when they were gathered together in all one place, and it says, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like what? A violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves upon each one of them. So what we need to do is, is to welcome the fire of God with no strings attached. None. No more terms. No more conditions. No more requirements. No more but Lord. We've got to get that out of our vocabulary and our thought process and say, God, whatever you want to burn out, go ahead and burn it out. No more controlled burns on my part. Or we'll offer, say, well, Lord, I'll do, if you just, in our mind, we'll say, we'll say and, it, and I know I'm telling the truth. You've been there. We'll say, I'm going to let you have that. But in the back of our mind saying, we're thinking, now if I let him have that, he'll leave this alone. That's a controlled burn. No, no, that you know where he wants to go. It isn't this little bitty thing you're going to give up. It's the, the big one over in the closet. That's the one he's going after. And, or we'll say, well, you know, I'll let him have this. He'll leave me alone. Or I will deal with this one later. No, that's a controlled burn. Welcome it. So no more terms. Everyone say that. No more terms. No more conditions. No more requirements. Lord, just send your fire. No more controlled burns in this house. In 1 Kings, I'm closing. In 1 Kings 8, 7, 8, 27, it says, But God will indeed dwell on the will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house I have built. Think of the can I, Let me read it. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain you. What is the writer of Kings telling us? How much less this house which I have built. In other words, the writer is telling us, I have a house that I built, and you're bigger than my house. Bigger than I can't. Build it big enough. But my question to us, and I believe he was talking about David. Or Solomon. It's probably David, but David, you know, Solomon built it. What kind of house have you built? What kind of house have you built? with closed doors and hidden rooms. Mm -hmm. 
what goes on in the privacy of your physical home? What goes on in the privacy of your cell phone or your desktop or the computer at work? What goes, home, goes on behind the closed doors of your house, but yet God sees it all? Like, we're going to hide this stuff from him? Lord, you can have this, but this closet is reserved. What we're saying is, God, I want your fire, but I want it on my terms, not yours. So I encourage you today. We're going to have an altar call. You know, we normally do. I believe that the Holy Spirit has struck a tune with some folks about the hidden places that no one knows about and frankly probably no one else needs to know about but yet the Lord already knows about it you know we've been praying and fasting we've got another week and he's been reminding some that this is an area that I want to get into you know Little things like your atti our attitude, quick-temperedness, anger. Wandering eyes. A mouth full of non-godly words. Negativism, judgmentalism, unforgiveness, bitterness, hate, rage, anger. What's in your closet? This is not a question about what's in your wallet, it's what's in your closet, the house that you've built. Because the truth of the matter is, you wouldn't have a closet unless you built a closet. Because we build things, because human beings do this, you've noticed this, people build things to store things. So when we have something we want to hide from other people or from the Lord, we'll build a closet for it. That way we think that we're in control, a controlled burn. So I can, I can, I go in there when I want to, but only when I choose to. So therefore it's under my control. God says, let me take the door off. Mm -hmm. Let's stand to our feet. See, you can go one or two ways. You can give him the key that locks that hidden door when you're good and ready. But if you really want the fire of God, you're going to have to say, God, go ahead and kick it down. Just kick it down. Blow it up. Get rid of my closet that I've been keeping everything in that so I can control it. 
so I can manipulate it, so that I'm in charge, and so it won't be embarrassing or troublesome, and I can keep it and hide it and pull it out when I want to and pretend that everything's okay. Those are the things that keep the wildfire of God from blowing through our lives and blowing through the church is the things hidden in the closets that we built. It's time to take the hinges off the door because I would rather take the hinges off myself rather than the, the Lord kick it down. That's the hard way to go. So, having said that, when I say an altar call, we, I guess we could have one up front, but you know what? Sometimes those don't work too good. You know why? Because we think we've done something. Well, I went forward. I'm a big boy. Everybody knows it. I came down for prayer. And there's another controlled burn. No, you can do this because I want to have you raise your hand. And you can do this. But it only starts here. It doesn't end here. This is the beginning point, not the finish line. The finish line is when you go back to your real house and then you're dealing with the other closets in your house of the Lord. So if you've got a closet that needs to be cleaned out, uh, uh, a closet that needs to be cleaned out, kind of like when your wife says, will you clean that closet for me? And my wife will not ask me to clean closet. I'll throw it all away. Absolutely everything. I will. Just give me, you know that's true around here. Give me an empty, give me a room and I can clean it out. <laughs> she called me a dumpster diver. Can you believe that? And she has to go pick it back up. I said, wait a minute, I use that. You get my point. If you've got stuff in a closet that you want to hand it over to the Lord today, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. And we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you right where you're standing. All right, thank you. Just raise your hand. Yeah, i got some stuff in my closet that needs to go. I think the Lord is really nailing things. Thank you. Just keep your hand up. And we're going to pray because this is the beginning. This is not the finish line because now you're going to have to go do something. Father, I pray a prayer of agreement for every person who raised their hand. I agree with their willingness to open that area of their life to you. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to be the hound of heaven. And stay on their case big time until the room that they've been hiding is totally cleaned out. 
Now, Lord, I know that for some it may be instant. For others, it may take a little time. But you're the one who delivers. You're the one who sets free. So, Lord, I'm asking you now. I stand in agreement with them. For those who have that hidden place, that today, that the spirit of the wind of God would now blow through that old dried up closet in their life. Holy Spirit wind, come and blow into that room and ignite a holy fire in that room to consume the compromise, the sin, whatever it might be. The things that have been really in control. Holy Spirit, come in and blow with wind and fire and consume it till there's nothing left. And Holy Spirit, I ask you, for any ounce of slowness or disobedience that you jump on their case and remind them constantly of the decision they made today so that they will follow through. And Holy Spirit, empower them now. May the Holy Spirit come upon everyone who's raised their hand. Spirit of the living God, move upon them and burn out all that's necessary and turn that dry tree into a live tree. Thank you, Lord, for doing this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Resurrection Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged and ready to win souls for Christ. For more information or to plan your visit, go to rc-hickory.org.